Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Cedarville Stories podcast. It was a super year for senior Curtis Gould. Why? Because this athletic training major was an athletic training intern for the AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. His experience with the Bengals has confirmed his calling to be an athletic trainer after graduation, whether at the high school, college, or professional level. Now here's your host, Mark Weinstein. Hello everyone, I'm Mark Weinstein and welcome back to another episode of the Cedarville Stories podcast. I am really excited about today's program and having Curtis Gould on the show. His name may not be familiar to you, but if you ask the players on the Cincinnati Bengals, I'm sure they will know him and appreciate his service to them this past season. Curtis is a senior at Cedarville University, and for the past NFL season, he served as an intern for the Bengals' athletic training department. This experience allowed him to care for the health of the players and to be on the sideline for every Bengals home game. He wasn't allowed to travel to away games, including Super Bowl 56 because of the NFL COVID-19 protocols. But during the Super Bowl, he was cheering for his team against the Los Angeles Rams from his home in suburban Columbus. With that said, let me welcome Curtis Gould to this week's Cedarville Stories podcast. It's great to have you, Curtis, in studio. And for full disclosure, uh, we are recording this program just four days after the Super Bowl. So Curtis may be f- still feeling a little bit of the effect of the Super Bowl loss because he was part of that team. But as we start today's program, I want to begin basically just how are you doing now, four days after the Super Bowl? Have you been able to recover from the tough loss? Well, thank you for this opportunity, Mark. And it, it was a tough loss watching the team. Yeah, Everything they've gone through this season, what they've overcome getting to biggest game all season and being able to play on that stage and then ultimately coming up just short at the end so it was tough after the game <laughs> uh I was watching with my family and they told me afterwards I really didn't say anything after the game sort of just sat there in disbelief almost just staring like not knowing what to do as they came up just short after all season overcoming these obstacles overcoming yeah. some large deficits and even the playoffs and just always seeming to come up with a way to pull out a win. But when it came down to Super Bowl 56, they couldn't pull it out at the end. So it was tough. I'm starting to recover from it, but it was hard, especially I know it's hard on the players too, um, not just on themselves, but also, you know, feeling like it was for the city of Cincinnati and right. for all Bengals fans in general, that game for them. So it's just hard not being able to bring home the Lombardi trophy, being able to, celebrate and all of that but in the end it was a great season for them and I'm very appreciative to have been a part of it with them but the loss is it's still stinging some and that's understandable uh not only were you on the sign but you were a fan of the Bengals so um mm-hmm. to be part of it uh it would take a little bit of time to to recover I'm sure um as we know the game between the Rams and the Bengals was really close in fact it wasn't until the, about the final 90 seconds in the fourth quarter that the Rams took the lead for good. Prior to that game-winning touchdown by Matthew Stafford to Cooper Cup, um, how confident were you that the Bengals were still going to win the game? You know, obviously I still believe they could win it, but it's tough when you watch a guy out there like Matthew Stafford with the great career he's had and um, you know, credit to the Los Angeles Rams, a great offense they have in right. Cooper Cup and 
um, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. for what he did early on in that game and just their overall great team they have. And he knew it was in them to be able to go down the field and score. So obviously I had that in the back of my mind, but I know the potential the Bengals have. Their last three games, their right. defense came up and came up with an interception to basically for the last possession of the other team. So I knew we couldn't do that. And we have that big play potential. Right. And we have a great all around defense. Everyone from uh, our defensive line being able to get pressure on the quarterbacks to our corners who have come up with some and safeties who have come up with some great interceptions in these games. So I knew we could pull it out and we could make that big play, but they have the players to make big plays on offense as well. So yeah. I still believed in us. Yeah. But there's two sides to the football. There are. And after. After that game-winning or game-leading uh, touchdown from Stafford to Cup, did your confidence waver in the Bengals like, we're not going to get this one done? I mean, obviously you didn't want to see them score a touchdown there, but I knew they could still do it. We've had less time than that on the clock and come up with um, field goals as well as touchdowns. You know, the big playability of Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd downfield, as well as the leg that Evan McPherson has, I knew we still had plenty of time to get into field goal range. Yeah. So obviously I don't want to see a touchdown there, but that didn't ultimately, you know, I was on like, Oh, we just lost the game with that. Cause we still had time on the clock. So I and was the still believing and, in them. And the Bengals only needed a field goal really just to keep the game going. Yeah. They only needed a field goal to send it to overtime. Right. And that's been, um, seemed like that's been the Bengals MO in, in the playoffs, you know, just get in field goal range for, for Evan to, Boot that long field yeah, goal. Yeah, I believe up to that point he was 14 for 14 from field goals yeah. uh, in the playoffs, and he has a cannon for a leg and is really able to kick the ball quite a ways and is very accurate from uh, long range. So I knew that was probably in Coach Taylor's head was, you know, just get us even in the long field goal range and Evan would be able to get it done if he needed to. Yeah, he's, he's proven that he's been able to do that. So. Curtis, as an intern this year, you were, as I said, you weren't allowed to travel to away games because of the NFL protocol uh, related to COVID. Um, but you were on the sideline at Paul Brown Stadium for the first playoff win uh, against the Las Vegas Raiders. And then, as you mentioned, you were home in, in Columbus watching the game, the Super Bowl with your family. Contrast the difference between being on the sideline, helping the players in the game moment to watching the biggest game at home with your family. Yeah. What's the difference? Just the entire atmosphere of it. Like, you know, I'm on the sideline, we're playing the Raiders there in the wild card round of the playoffs. It was, I mean, just surreal in the stadium. You know, obviously they set record numbers with yeah. the fans in the stadium there that day. And you could just feel the stadium shake. You can feel the energy. Obviously you have that home crowd and it's just, yeah. you know, a large percent is Bengals fans there. You just feel the energy in the stadium on that last drive and be able to you know, stand there with the players on it and being able to be a part of it with them is just one thing. But then also being able to be at my house and with my family for the Super Bowl, you know, a bit of a different atmosphere. You're not right. you know, around with the players, but you still, I still feel like I'm there partly with them. You know, I still know, I can almost picture what they're doing on the sidelines and what they're thinking. And uh, so it's just different. Uh, Sure. Yeah. It would have to be different. Um, so I'm when you're on the sidelines, um, obviously you you have duties to do, and we'll mm -hmm. get into that a little bit in the podcast later in the podcast. But um, is there ever a moment where you are kind of like a fan and you forget that you're actually working? Oh, absolutely. Uh, whenever they score a touchdown, we we celebrate with 
the players just as much as they do. You know, we're up and down the sidelines. We're high-fiving everyone, you know. We're giving Burrow, Jamar, whoever scores a touchdown or throws it, mixing if he just ran. You know, we're high-fiving them as they come off. We're celebrating with them. And, you know, we're more of a fan with them than we are working the game at that point. So, you know, we get caught up in the emotion of the game with them. So, yeah, there are absolutely times when (laughs) we put our duties on the side for a moment while we can celebrate with them and be a part of the team. Does any uh, famous uh, memory of a celebration pop in your head when you think about celebrating with a player? Oh, there's so many times because, I mean, I can just think about in that wild card playoff uh, when they come off on the sidelines, you know, obviously it means even more in the playoffs and we're just, you know, running up and down the sidelines, you know, high-fiving each other, waiting for the offense to come off the field to high-five them. Every time the defense comes up with a big play, you know, they come off, you know, whether it be uh, one of our DBs making a big play downfield, coming up with an interception, you know, uh, giving them high-fives, they come off the field, or defensive line comes up with a big sack or something like that. Your linebackers make some great tackles out there. So, uh, I don't know, there's a lot of plays that come to mind, uh, you know, in the playoffs, you know, I think of players like Jesse Bates, Logan Wilson, who made great plays out there on defense coming up big, yep. celebrating with them. Um, obviously, Joe Burrow did some great things out there along with our wide receiver core. CJ makes some great plays out there. Yep. And Mixon and Samaje both coming up with some big runs. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of times that we could celebrate with them. What a, what a fun time that is for you. Mm-hmm. Let's move away from the Super Bowl game itself, just for a moment at least, and talk about the opportunity that you had to be an athletic trainer intern with the Bengals. How was that internship afforded you? How did you get that internship? Yeah, so, I mean, I guess I can attribute to right place at the right time a little bit. Um, Cedarville University has some great connections with the Cincinnati Bengals just over really the past decade or so. You know, the Cedarville University Athletic Training Program Director, Mike Weller, was mm-hmm. able to work with the Bengals mm-hmm. um, back a few years ago and he made some great connections with Paul Spiling, their head athletic trainer and Cincinnati has been willing to take some of Cedarville's athletic training students through the years on an internship and they've really liked the work that Cedarville students have done so they sort of will take special look at our applications that we send in and give us an opportunity to interview and I was talking with Mike you know last year about the possibility of applying for that internship and decided to go for it and you know send my application in resume all of that stuff to them and was able to earn an interview with the Cincinnati Bengals and ended up getting the position obviously and so really just uh, being in that right place at the right time having these good connections yeah and I mean ultimately interns who've come before me doing good work has got me in this position that the Bengals look look favorably upon Cedarville students so what were what are some of the roles that they had you do, uh, whether that's during the week of practice or during the game days throughout the season? Yeah, so there's a lot of different roles we could do just depending on the week and what they needed us to do. Um, we do everything from you know game days we can set we'd set up the field sideline stuff. You have our medical tent ready, all our medical supplies, uh, get the water ready for the players, stuff like that. Then just in terms of with the players in the athletic training room, you know, we'll do everything from stretching them out before practices and games. We'll do the daily rehabilitation protocols with them, get them to return to play. Um, during practices, you know, we'll do uh, water, stuff like that with them, as well as any different type of injury rehab, as well as injury prevention stuff with them. 
it changes a lot as it goes on. Obviously, it's different back in the summer, you know, when it was <laughs> those days when it was 90 degrees outside. We do a bit more with the water with them versus, sure. you know, when it was 10 degrees outside here towards the end, we have to really focus on making sure they didn't get too tight, keeping their muscles loose, keeping yeah. them warm and things such as that. So it just varies depending on the time, but it was all based around really keeping them healthy and on the field. Yeah. Do they practice at Paul Brown Stadium? Uh, yeah. So we have, we practice inside the stadium as well as we have a practice field right across the street, but okay. going up to the Super Bowl, they did practice at the University of Cincinnati field, which was indoors during that time when we had it was cold. a lot of snow here. So um, luckily, University of Cincinnati was willing to let us practice there. Well, it's, it's good for, for the university there, and it's good for the city. So I'm sure yes. it makes sense. So um, did you feel like you were treated like you were an intern or more treated like you're a professional learning the ropes? Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it just depends on the situation. Earlier on, you know, the athletic training staff, they don't know what we can do. Obviously, they aren't going to give us full reign to do right. whatever we want with the players when we're a student and they don't know what we're capable of doing. But as the season goes on, they gave us more responsibilities. And obviously, there's some limitations what we can do as a student. You know, I'm not a certified athletic trainer, so uh, I have to be supervised when I'm doing things with the players to make sure I'm not doing something that's detrimental to their health. Yeah. So they can't treat me like a certified athletic trainer because I'm not. But especially towards the end, they gave us a lot of responsibilities and really trusted us to do a lot with the players. And when we were working with the players, they trusted us to know what we were talking about and what we were doing, and they gave us their full confidence as well. So that really um, just gave me confidence in what I know yeah. and just allowed me to like, I know what I can do. Cedarville has prepared me well for this situation. When I'm there and the players are looking at me like, you know, they'd almost look at me like, you're the professional, tell me what to do. And I'll trust you know what you're talking about, and I trust you that you're going to get me better, and that really helped me grow as a future professional. Yeah, sometimes people, even people listening to today's uh, program, they see a professional athlete and they feel like maybe they're they're standoffish. But you didn't see that, did you? You you saw a a um, seemed like you had a community of family working all working together for a common good. Is that true? Oh, absolutely. Just the entire team in general. That was. A big thing in their locker room is they have one goal. They all knew the goal from the beginning of the season, and that was to ultimately make the playoffs, win every game in the playoffs, and get to the Super Bowl. And, you know, obviously there's differences among players. There's guys who they're closer with, but the entire team came together around that one goal, and they knew at the end of the day that was their one goal, whether they were on offense, defense, whatever their position was, they had to come together as a team encourage one another, push one another, hold each other accountable, and work for that common goal. And they knew, even us as interns on athletic training, we were part of that goal for them. And they included everyone in that. That included everyone from ownership down to our equipment staff, the athletic training staff, the strength and conditioning guys, the coaches, the players. They all had the one goal, and we were all on board with, let's just go out there and win the games. And they had to come together as, yeah. you know, like you said, a community to do that. And luckily I was a part of that with them and it yeah. was great to be a part of it. They didn't look down on us like, oh, you're inferior to us because you aren't an NFL player, but they really welcomed us in and are like, you know, you're part of this with us and you're committed to us and we're yeah. going to commit yeah. to you as well. And, and they were committing to you because they knew that you could help them achieve their goal. That's yeah. the bottom line. That's what you all wanted to achieve that goal, be in that Super Bowl game, ultimately win it, hopefully. Mm -hmm. um, 
but you were that's, that was what was driving all of you guys. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So I'm going to ask you a question here. You don't have to share any names because I don't want you to break any confidence. Now, if you want to share names, that's great. But um, were you able to develop relationships with players and coaches, or was it strictly more of a learning or business opportunity for you? I mean, there's both. Obviously, I learned a lot in terms of athletic training. But, yeah, I got relationships with the players. Um, the players I was closest with, because, you know, obviously you can't be with everyone at a time, but I worked right. a lot with the defense, especially the DBs. And those were the guys who – those were probably my closest friends on the team. Okay. Uh, you know, when you think of, you know, like Jesse Bates, Von Bell, Cheeto, Eli Apple, uh, Mike Hilton, all those guys out there as well as – all the guys who are the backups for him on the bench and our second and third strings, those yeah. are the guys I spent a lot of time with at okay. practice. That was my group of guys out there in the field. We had jokes with each other. We would laugh, had some good times. And I got to know the coach as well between, you know, uh, Coach Jackson uh, with the corners as well as Coach Livingston with the safeties. Uh, really got a special connection with them, and they respected me out there, and I respected them. And yeah. so I absolutely developed relationships with them there was guys you know who were going through injuries in the athletic training room obviously i can't share names of that just because right. of you know confidentiality to them but i developed good connections with them when they're in there every day with us right. and i mean the whole team in general i knew all of them on a certain level you know obviously some better than others just in terms of how much time i spent with them sure but it was absolutely friendships out there developed connections with them and it was more than just you know, being out there to learn in a professional yeah. setting. But, I mean, it's what you think of about being a part of a team. Yeah, so here's a tough question because, you know, you just went through a full season with the Bengals. What's mm -hmm. your most meaningful memory? My most meaningful memory? I, I do think that playoff win I was able to experience with them at home was a big memory. I still remember uh, after the win – we're all heading into the locker room and everyone is just, you know, celebrating, going crazy. It's like, you know, we, you know, broke that curse. There's sort yeah. of that weight, you know, oh, yeah. Cincinnati hasn't won this a playoff game in, you know, all those years. And you just feel that weight go off the player's shoulders. And I still remember just the feeling in the locker room as they all come in, you know, everyone's excited and, you know, we're handing out, you know, the equipment guys are tossing out the shirts and stuff that said, you know, I mean, wearing that shirt now, the, uh, Bengals rule the North or Bengals run the North shirt. And, you know, they're tossing out the hats and stuff. And I still just remember that feeling as I'm, you know, going around congratulating the guys, you know, and it was just an incredible thing to be a part of in the locker room as we're sort of sitting there looking back in the season. It's like, we've gotten here, we've won a playoff game. And yeah, I'll never forget that experience as we're just, I don't know, I sort of forgot about my duties that I had to do as an intern <laughs> at that time. And, just sort of got to sit there and be a part of the team. And then, you know, obviously coach came in and talked to him and stuff like that and just being able to sit there and wow, I don't know how to describe it. It was just amazing to be a part of and just to sit there with the players, talk to him about it. And, yeah. you know, I forget that. Yeah. When, when you're explaining all this, it makes me, it takes my mind back to, you know, here are really just adult men playing for the fun of a child game and just enjoying themselves, and yeah, and that's refreshing in in a society where um, it, it seems like it's going in a different direction. Yeah, it's you know, Mark. Like we forget that 
they're guys out there. They're playing football. Like, they are people at the end of the day. Yeah, obviously, they are great athletes who make a lot of money, but they're people at the end of the day who are yes. playing football. Right. Like, we forget they have fun. They joke around like the rest of us. They have, they have relationships. They have families. They have kids out there. And they obviously have things we don't because of the money that they have. But at the end of the day, they're people. Yeah. They're out there. They're playing football. They know the life they live. They know they're getting paid to have fun out there on a football field. Yeah. And they enjoy that. And it's great to watch it and um, just see the fun that they have, enjoy the jobs that they do and what they're able to do because of the fact that they're playing football. Yeah. Yeah. It's, It's a great observation. And Curtis, as you look back at your internship, um, you mentioned to this earlier, but how well prepared were you for the internship when you stepped in that first day, first week, first month? How mm-hmm. well prepared were you? In terms of my athletic training education, I was well prepared. Cedarville really set me in a good position to go into that internship and know what to do in terms of how to be an athletic trainer, how to do rehab with them, how to do the necessary things in order to um, keep them healthy as well as get them back healthy when they are injured. There's a bit of a learning curve too because obviously I worked with NFL players. I didn't know how the flow of things went and the very fast-paced environment, you know, how to interact with those guys and all of that. So there's a learning curve in that area. But Cedarville prepared me very well just to be an athletic trainer to be confident in what I know yeah. and to ultimately just go out there and um, when working with them to have confidence. And when I showed confidence and proved that I knew what I was doing, and then they put their confidence in me. Right. And that helped me grow immensely and just gave me that feeling of, you know, I, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, when I'm a certified athletic trainer, I can go out there and do what I know yeah. And it's going to help the athlete. Right. And so I felt very well prepared and looking back on it, you know, sometimes in the moment, you know, something came up that I didn't know about, like, oh my word, like, what do I do in this situation? But looking back on it, it helped me so much. Like I grew so much in that experience because of being put in a position to both show me what I knew, but also show me some areas that I didn't know and could improve on. So um, where do you, where have you seen tangible growth? in you personally and professionally as a result of your internship, mm-hmm. maybe even spiritually. Absolutely. I can look at experiences I had in all those areas where I could grow, mm-hmm. you know, both personally, just in my relationship with the athletes, professionally, in so many areas, you know, the athletic training staff, they really poured their time and effort into myself in terms of developing me professionally in the areas that I could learn and how to rehab athletes and how to care for athletes and emergency care so many areas that I can speak to professionally that they helped me and I'm so thankful that they put that time and effort into me. Yeah. And then spiritually, you know, sometimes it isn't the most, I say, God honoring environment there. You know, right. it's not like working with a Cedarville sport where right. you know, their whole thing is, you know, to speak towards the testimony of Christ and to show a good example and how they play and how they talk and right. how they act. It's not that way in the NFL. So it just really showed me how rooted I need to be in Christ yeah. in that. I had to go in there and have a decision already made. You know, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to be a part of these things that the players do. I'm not going to talk in this way. I'm not going to be a part of it. If they start to talk about these things, I'm just going to have to remove myself from that conversation. It's wise. And so being able to grow spiritually and recognize, you know, um, what is good for me as 
well as what is bad for you. You know, what can I not expose myself to that's going to ultimately cause me to, you know, have temptation in areas, but also, you know, when are times when I can be an example? When are times when I can show that yeah. I'm different, you know, I live a different lifestyle than they do. And when are times when I can show that to the players and, uh, you know, maybe even be able to talk to them if that situation, yeah. you know, when that situation would come up. So mm-hmm. really personally, professionally, and spiritually, so many ways I could grow in yeah. that when looking back at the season, I didn't realize going into it how much I'd be able to grow until yeah. now looking back on it. I see that. You can see it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I can see it. Yeah. I, I, I can see when I look at you, I see a very confident young man and, um, and I'm sure this experience only helped that confidence in just who you are personally uh, to, to grow. And actually, you, you are leading me to my next question because I wanted to go down the path of the intersection of faith and sport. Or, and how did you represent Christ um, to the players in, in, as you said, a, an environment that isn't God-honoring? I believe it started with how I controlled myself. Um, I would not, you know, when they would get talking about, you know, things, just how they talk about sexual and moral things, I would not participate in that with them. I wouldn't talk about areas when, you know, even they just start to like curse up about things or talk badly about certain people, just separating myself from that and not, you know, the temptation is, oh, I can, you know, be a part of the team here for a minute and laugh with them and joke about it. And that'll help me be closer to the players. And that is that's a temptation, especially at the beginning when you're trying to connect with them. Right. But from the beginning, setting a standard for myself that I'm not going to be a part of that and showing that, you know, I'm a little bit different in that area. And the players, they recognize that. And, you know, they'd be like, oh, why don't you do this? Well, it's it's just against, you know, some of my beliefs. And just being able to set that with them and they recognize that and then leading it into as the season goes on, well, why is it that way? Well, it's... Because I believe the Bible, I believe I live by this higher standard that it's not right to be able to talk about women in that way. It's not right for me to be able to speak about other people in this way. And I just refuse to, you know, let myself speak in those areas. And they ultimately respected me for that. And they sure. respected that I wouldn't do that. And it didn't hinder me in any way with my no. relationships to them because I was consistent in who I was. I yeah. didn't do it some days, then other days not do it. Like I was always the same in the way I did it, and the players respected that. Yeah. And I'm glad I set myself apart in that way, and I was able to have some conversations with the players because there there are some Christian guys on that team. Right. And uh, I still remember the first time I talked to a guy about it is because he had a couple – tattoos on his arm of bible verses and Mm. i remember after i saw them the one time i went on my own time back here at cedarville i went and you know just looked at you know his twitter account and instagram and stuff like that and saw that he even takes the time publicly to share his faith and that sort of struck me so the next day when i saw him i sort of asked him about it and you know he took a minute to talk to me and talk about his faith and so did i talk to him about it and so to get that first connection with him and then obviously there's some other guys who was able to connect with about that too. So um, setting myself apart in terms of how I talked, how I acted, I wouldn't, you know, there's times when the players, you know, after win, hey, you want to go out to such and such bar with us and, you know, just sort of let loose and relax for a little bit. And you have to say, you know, no, I don't 
I don't, I don't drink. They'd be like, oh, you can just come with us and you don't have to drink. Just hang out. Well, no, I don't want to do that because I just, I don't want to yeah. put myself in that image that of being in that place. Even if I'm not drinking or going, doing something like that, just being there, I feel like can almost compromise my testimony a little bit by just being around people doing that. And so setting myself apart in that area and then they recognize it and ultimately that led to the conversations. So there's just a lot of areas I had to make that decision beforehand. I couldn't wait until I was put in the situation to be like, oh, what am I going to do now? I had to decide beforehand. That's something Cedarville and Mike prepared me for is, you know, make decisions beforehand and then you're ready. You have a response ready and you aren't feel like you're put on the spot and might be pressured into doing something. And th- that really helped me a lot. And um, I feel like really gave me a good testimony with yeah. the team and allowed me to connect with guys on that level too. Your your internship's over with now, right? Yes, it's, it's totally over. The season's over with. Um, can you boil down to maybe a, a big a big takeaway for you? Like, what's one thing that um, more than just a memory, but uh, something that you learned, something that you could share with our guests um, that came from your season with the Bengals? I mean, I would say just to anyone listening, like recognize these are more than players. They're more than guys who play football. They're more than, you know, guys who are just strong athletes. They're people. And that's one thing I recognize as the season went on is they have faults like you and I do. They make mistakes. Often they have more problems than the rest of us because of the money they have and because of the popularity they have. But they have families. They have kids they go back to. And that's more important to them at the end of the day, really, for many of them. They care more about that than they do about football. And that's something I recognized was that I'm I'm working with people. Mm. You know, just like when I worked here with Cedarville Sports or was able to work at a high school, at the end of the day, they're no different than them. We're all people. They right. just happen to be on TV and be millionaires. Right. But they have lives, they have relationships. And at the end of the day, they have eternal souls that's like it. us. And that's something I came to recognize is it's easy to get caught up in the moment of, wow, look at this. I'm standing here talking to Joe Burrow. Oh, look at this. I'm talking to all these guys around me. And wouldn't it be cool, you know, get to know them and be able to say, I know these players, but they're just a person. Yeah. And they're just someone with a family who they go back to, like, you know, many people do. And just be able to know them on that level was incredible and be able to see them in that way. And at mm-hmm. the end of the season, look back and be able to say they're just friends who yeah. I know. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. That's that's great. What's next for you? Good question. Uh, Are you prepared for the next, for oh, a job? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm looking to do grad school after this okay. for athletic training I'm in the process now of applying to places. Hopefully the next month here, really get a place ironed out where I can go, but looking to continue my education and athletic training to the next level, as well as become a certified athletic trainer here in the next couple months and be able to start working with whatever sports team I'm led to next and be able to work as an athletic trainer for them. Well, I wish you well. And uh, I know Cedarville has a master of athletic training. Uh, mm-hmm. You can consider if you wanted to, but um, wherever you go, um, I know you'll, you'll be diligent, you'll be focused and, um, it seems like uh, your heart is bent on serving the Lord wherever he takes you. Absolutely. So thanks. Uh, 
Again, thanks for being on the podcast today. Uh, do I get a who day? Who day? Okay, who day? Thanks for joining me this week on the podcast. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for listening to the Cedarville Stories podcast brought to you by Cedarville University. If you were encouraged by today's episode, share it with a friend. Please rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And connect with us at Cedarville on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And be sure to come back next week when we'll hear another inspiring Cedarville story for God's glory.